Welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Board Podcast 2022. I'm Dr. Ashwin Babu, Podcast Editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Panagiota Mitropolo, Alexander Hobson, Gerard Morton, and Pragesh Anantharam from Southampton, England, titled ST Elevation Myocardial Infarction in a Young Patient with Duchenne's Muscular Dystrophy, a case report. Introduction Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, otherwise known as DMD, is an X-linked recessive disorder affecting 1 in 3,500 males. Abnormalities in the dystrophin gene result in a reduction or absence of the dystrophin protein. This, in turn, leads to sacrolemmal fragility and muscle cell degeneration and consequent substitution by fat and fibrous tissue. Dilated cardiomyopathy is a well-recognized complication of DMD and is extremely common in those greater than 18 years of age. The increased life expectancy in these patients through the comprehensive management of contemporary multidisciplinary care has led to cardiovascular causes being the major etiology of morbidity and mortality in DMD patients. The following case report describes a rare case of ST elevation myocardial infarction, also known as STEMI, resulting in balloon angioplasty in a 19-year-old male with Duchenne's. Summary of case report A 19-year-old Caucasian male presented with central crushing chest pain that was ongoing for more than an hour. His past medical history was pertinent for a history of Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. He was initially diagnosed with this condition during the first years of his life. He was initiated on long-term steroids and enalapril at the age of 6. However, he was lost to follow-up until he represented at the age of 18 with shortness of breath. An echocardiogram at this point demonstrated a dilated left ventricle with a severely impaired left ventricle systolic function. This was corroborated on cardiac MRI, which revealed a left ventricular ejection fraction of 16%, with extensive sub-epicardial late gallium enhancement in the inferior, infralateral, anterolateral, antraceptal, and apical anterior LV walls, consistent with DMD cardiomyopathy. He was subsequently started on anti-heart failure therapies and followed up routinely by cardiology. During this admission for chest pain, he was found to have anterior ST elevation on ECG. He was hemodynamically stable, with an unremarkable clinical examination. Consequently, he underwent a coronary angiogram through the primary percutaneous coronary intervention pathway. This revealed an occluded distal LAD and a second diagonal branch that was occluded also. He had balloon angioplasty to his distal LAD and the second diagonal branch. His echocardiogram showed a severely dilated left ventricle with an LV thrombus at the apex. Troponin I was elevated at 3.1 micrograms per liter. Hence, it was deemed that coronary embolism was a mechanism of the ST elevation myocardial infarction. The patient was subsequently initiated on anticoagulation with warfarin with a target INR range of 2 to 3. As there was no underlying coronary artery disease, antiplatelets were not felt to be appropriate. There was no clinical evidence of other systemic embolism. Furthermore, he continued his already established pronisolone dose of 20 mg a day. A follow-up echocardiogram six months following anticoagulation showed complete resolution of the LV thrombus. However, the systolic function of the left ventricle was still severely impaired. Hence, the decision was made to continue anticoagulation. He had a narrow QRS complex on ECG and consequently underwent the primary prevention implantable cardioverter defibrillator, also known as ICD. Three years post-anterior STEMI, the patient continues to do well with good control of heart failure symptoms and no evidence of further embolic events. Discussion Previous cases of ST elevation myocardial infarction 
due to acute myocardial necrosis with normal coronary arteries in DMD patients have been reported in the literature. However, cases of thrombotically occluded coronary arteries in DMD patients are seldom. The etiology of the occlusion in this case was consistent with a coronary embolism. Coronary embolism remains a difficult diagnosis to establish in the acute setting. Hence, the incidence and prevalence of this potentially fatal condition is not well documented. However, large post-mortem studies estimate the incidence to be around 0.06%. The etiology of this phenomenon includes infective endocarditis, atrial fibrillation, prosthetic valve thrombosis, and, as in this case reports, cardiomyopathy. According to the coronary embolism diagnostic criteria proposed by Shibata et al. in 2015, the patient described in this case report met the definite coronary embolism criteria. This involves meeting two or more of the major criteria, or one major plus two minor criteria, or three minor criteria. This case met the two major criteria of 1. Angiographic evidence of coronary artery embolism and thrombosis without atherosclerotic components. 2. Concomitant coronary artery embolization at multiple sites. The patient also met all the minor criteria, and this included 1. Disease that is less than 25% stenosed on coronary angiography except for the culprit lesion, 2. Evidence of embolic source detected on echocardiography, and 3. Presence of an embolic risk factor, that is, dilated cardiomyopathy. Currently, there is no consensus or guidelines regarding the invasive and non-invasive management of these patients. From an interventional point of view, thrombectomy, thrombus aspiration, balloon angioplasty, and occasional stem placement has been employed in these patients. Of note, intracoronary imaging can be extremely useful in differentiating embolic versus atherosclerotic causes of myocardial infarction. However, the authors in this case report do not utilize this as the vessel occlusion was distal. Medical treatment depends on the etiology of the coronary embolism. If the cause is clear, such as atrial fibrillation, left ventricular thrombus, or prosthetic valve thrombosis, then anticoagulation is usually mandated to prevent additional embolic phenomenon. Patients with severe left ventricular dysfunction are at an increased risk of developing a left ventricular thrombus. This heightens the risk of cardioembolic stroke, coronary artery embolization, or other sites of systemic embolization. These catastrophic sequelae in the presence of a left ventricular thrombus has been described in DMD patients. Furthermore, in contrast, ischemic stroke has been reported even in DMD patients without an LV thrombus or arrhythmias. thus suggesting that DMD patients are at an increased risk of cardioembolic events even in the absence of traditional risk factors. One plausible explanation for this is the systemic subclinical coagulation and fibrinolysis activation observed in DMD patients with cardiac involvement. However, more high-quality evidence is required to support this theory. Conclusion Cardiac involvement, and in particular dilated cardiomyopathy, is common in DMD patients greater than 18 years of age. Consequently, this increases the risk of left ventricular thrombus formation. This case report describes an unusual presentation of ST elevation myocardial infarction resulting from coronary embolization of an LV thrombus in a 19-year-old male with DMD. It also highlights the limited evidence and dilemmas regarding the interventional and medical treatment strategies for coronary embolism. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points. 1. The cardiovascular complications of Duchenne's muscular dystrophy are well recognized and consist mainly of dilated cardiomyopathy. However, unusual presentations such as ST elevation myocardial infarction can occasionally be observed. 2. 
Although atherosclerotic plaque rupture is the main mechanism for the development of ST elevation myocardial infarction in the vast majority of patients, one must bear in mind other potential causes, such as thromboembolism, especially in the case of young patients or patients with known dilated cardiomyopathy. 3. Cardiovascular follow-up of patients with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy in specialized clinics is crucial in order to ensure early detection of cardiovascular involvement, such as heart failure, and to coordinate appropriate treatment. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. References and the original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHACR for other interesting case reports. Music is computed by State Shirts.